Good morning, team. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Real Estate Insights with Adon Team. Um, as always, we have for you today a very informative and educative topic. We're going to be looking at, for the next 20 minutes or less, the role of professionals in the built environment. Usually, we start with an opening quote, but today we'll be starting with this picture. And so when you look at the picture, what do you see? You can see that there is order in this city. You see also that there must have been a process to creating this order. You see that things look like everything is, is in place and that living within this city will be very easy. This is an example of what you call a built environment. So when you say an environment is built, from our normal use of English, we understand what an environment is. It's an area, a surrounding where we live in. But for you to say an environment is built, it means that humans have made deliberate effort into making it somewhere that is easy for us to live, work, and have our day-to-day -day activities. This means that they put certain things in place that for us to live there, for us to work there, is very easy. Okay, let me put things in perspective for us. Uh, the area where some of our sites are located, we say right now, they are not fit for humans to live in. It doesn't mean that certain people are not already living there. But it means that the infrastructures, facilities that will make it easy to live there for us are not fully present. So we say that those areas are not yet built. Alright, so these are the things, elements in the built environment. These are the things that you see in an area that will make you say the area is built. First, we have buildings. Architecturally designed buildings, buildings that look very pleasing to the eyes, aesthetically pleasing buildings. Now, aside from the fact that they have to look good, they also have to be functioning. For example, you have a building of up to uh, four floors and above. It doesn't have an elevator. Such building is not functioning. Some other buildings also, they may not have things like an emergency exit. So in case of a fire incident, God forbid, you have people running or trying to exit the building through the same route. There's no emergency exit. There are no extinguishers. These things are very important in buildings. Recently, it was in the news that a property in a co-market caught fire and then goods worth millions of nerves were destroyed. If the building was functioning, not only would they have an emergency exit for them to leave and then move some of the goods, they would have been able to curtail the fire before it got so large. Another thing is roads and bridges. I think in Lagos, we are doing well with roads and bridges. Majority of the highways, expressways, we have bridges for pedestrians to pass across. The third thing is distribution systems for water and electricity. Now, in Nigeria as well, what we use to distribute our electricity is um, poles, nepal poles. It could be made of wood, it could be made of concrete. But when it comes to distribution systems for water, we don't really have that in place. What I mean is, water supply for everyone is on an individual basis. So each and every one of us in our houses, we have a pumping machine that we use to supply water to ourselves. But in places like UK, for instance, water supply is on a communal basis. This means that there is a central source from which it is distributed to various apartments and various individuals. So at the end of the month, you are actually paying for what you have used in water supply. The same thing runs for electricity. And so um, aesthetically pleasing buildings or buildings that are functioning, roads and bridges and then distribution systems are very important elements for you to call an environment as a built one. Now within a city, say Lagos for instance, there are certain places that we know are unbuilt, and there are other places that are well-built. Example, Ikoi, Victoria Island. When you think of top 10 places to live in Lagos, these places fall across the top five. Everybody wants to move to Ikoi, everybody wants to live in Victoria Island. Why? They are built. 
there are certain things in place that makes it easy for us to live there. Even when you just go for a business or to visit someone, you know already the um, ambience, the way the environment looks. And so the thought of improving this area, the thought of developing it, making, look, making it look better, does not come to mind. What comes to mind is how you can replicate this area in where you first thought of Ikorodu, Mushin. Ikorodu is actually doing better these days in that we have um, BRT buses, the roads are not all that bad, and then, yes, you can see the roads are not all that bad, we have BRT buses, and there are some buildings you will see, you think they miss their way because those buildings look like they should be in Ikoi or the or um, Victoria Island, but still we have those buildings, yet the place is not built. There are some areas in Korodu that they do, they've never experienced electricity, they don't have light. There are some areas where the roads have never been worked on, it's the way it always has been. I won't say much about Mushin, this, the picture speaks for itself, you can obviously see how well built it is. Okay, now who is a professional, aside from the definition, the important part to note, for, important point to note when describing a professional is someone that has received a particular standard of education, and so because they've received that standard of education, they have the knowledge and the skill to perform their role within that profession. So we have different categories of professionals. You have professionals in the medical sector, in legal sector, you have in banking sector, all of these people, even in the sectors, we have subcategories again. In medical sector, not everybody is a doctor. In the legal system, we do not have everyone as lawyers. So each and every um, profession has different professionals and sub-professionals within them. Now in the built environment, these are the professionals, some of the professionals we have. We have estate surveyors, lawyers, builders, urban planners, architects, quantity surveyors, all of these people work together to build those elements that I mentioned earlier. They work together to help us build buildings, roads and bridges, and even create the distribution systems. Now why do you need a professional when you are carrying out certain of this construction? This is why. You need a professional so that the difference between your expectation and your reality wouldn't be too large. You need a professional so you do not have someone create for you a stairway to heaven instead of a staircase to the entrance of your house. You need a professional so someone does not use for you a balcony without a door, or someone that does not understand what the architect has put in place, and this is the best interpretation it can bring. And now when you're talking of constructing a building, for instance, that's the most relatable element in, our, in the built environment. So we're going to be looking at the process when you want to carry out a building construction. So we have the clients. He wants to build. He doesn't have a land. He doesn't know where to start. The first point of contact should be the estate surveyor. So you can go to a registered, you can go to a registered estate company, or you can even meet a licensed estate surveyor. I said estate surveyor, not agent. So you can meet a licensed estate surveyor or a real estate company. And then they, they take it from there. They know the various professionals to contact. The first person you contact as well is a lawyer. They are still supposed to contact the lawyer. The reason is just for um, to be able to carry out certain investigations as relating to the land. You want to be sure that the land actually belongs to who says it belongs to them. You want to be sure that you are buying from a family. Each and every person that is supposed to sign to give you a um, right to purchase that land as signed. You want to be sure that the contract you are creating between you and that person is valid. That's why you need a lawyer. And then when it comes to the deed, to getting the document, like a deed of assignment, you need a surveyor for that. We've spoken um, extensively on various documents and who prepares them, so I won't waste time on that. Then the town planners. You need a town planner to certify the use to which you want to put the land. In certain areas, say Ikeja, for instance, government has restricted the use for which you can use some particular land. 
So there are some areas in the Kenya where you cannot build more than four floors. So you do not obstruct the airway when you have aircrafts that are trying to pass or people, uh, aircraft that are flying. So you need a town planner. If you, if you come and buy a property in Ikeja, you want to build up to 21 floors, you won't get your permission, even though you bought the land already. That's why you need a town planner. You have to let them know, this is what I want to build. This is what I want to put in place. So they can tell you whether or not you get the permission, whether or not that place is licensed. There are some areas of Apapa that is purely for industrial use. You have the warehouses, you have the factories, all of these things you need to know, and it's the town planner that lets you know that. So you bought the land. After that process, say the client has already gone ahead, has purchased the land. The next thing to do is to get an architect. The architect brings the picture he has in mind. He brings it to life. So he provides for him either a picture or a 3D design of what he wants to build. He wants to build a four-story building. It shows you this is how the bathroom will look like. This is where you have your living room, each and every single thing. So he just designs it. But you also need the civil engineer to work with the architect. Because in as much as what the architect is doing is putting your picture in your mind to life, you need the civil engineer to tell you what will fly and what will not fly. So it tells you what is feasible. There are certain people that, um, because of how much they love luxury or how they want their houses to look like, they possibly want a chandelier, for instance, in the center of their living room. Yes, to beautify your house, your house will, your house will look good. But have you thought of maintenance? Maintaining that kind of, um, um, that kind of, stuff is very very expensive for you to be able to carry out the maintenance it's going to cost a lot you're going to need a lot of gadgets you're going to need a lot of professionals as well so the civil engineer will tell you what would work and what to know given the space you have you also need an urban and regional town planner for instance there's some people that, that they have constructed their road before development came to the area and then when development comes and government is constructing road you see that a major part of their building is cut off that's because they didn't get a town planner at the beginning to tell you, leave this setback, leave all of this, and then put this in place properly. Now, let's quickly look at an example. This is our my country on project. The first picture you see is the design as given by the architect. And you can see that what we have in place is actually close to it. That's what happens when you get a professional. The difference between what was drawn up and then what you have will not be much. So this was designed by the architect, and this is where we are at now with our project. <coughs> so we can continue. Yeah, so the civil engineer gets other engineers as well, the electrical engineer, mechanical, all of those people that work on the construction. After you've gotten all of them, the next is to get your quantity surveyor. So you've determined this is what I want to do. You've gotten the civil engineer to help you um, organize all of the professionals that will be involved in the construction. The next thing is to get the cost, and that's what the quantity surveyor does. It puts a, co a cost on each and every stage of the project from start to finish. This is what it will cost you. This is what it will cost to get the materials. Then you bring it the builder. The builder does the actual construction. So um, he is also the one that, that brings in the masons, that is the non-professionals that we have. The builder is the one that coordinates them. And so after construction, there is a process, although there is no professional assigned. That's why I didn't put it. The process is called a walkthrough. So after you finish your construction, it's important to go with a third party to check all of the, um, the property, everything that we constructed, what needs to be corrected before you go ahead to do your interior decoration. Now we have other individuals that help within the built environment. And the reason I decided to include them is so that you do not see, say, a carpenter working, for instance, and then you assume in your head is an architect that is trying to help out at the site. So you know that there are certain people that even though they are not professionals, we require them to do the hard labor part of construction. An example is a carpenter, iron benders, bricklayers, painters, who are very familiar with these people because these are the ones we often see on site during the construction.
So what have we learned today? The key points we are to note is that a built environment is one that has been improved significantly by humans to make living in it easy. The second one, within a city, not all areas are built. We have some areas that have been built, we have some areas that are in process, and we have some that are unbuilt. No work has been done on them. Then what defines a built environment are the elements within it, the transport systems, the type of buildings, distribution system for water and electricity, roads and bridges. And then professionals and non-professionals work together to build our environment. So not only do we have those people that have gone to school to study the course, we also have those people that they're just helping out. They're not necessarily educated, but we need them to do the ad labor on site. So that will be all for today's Real Estate Insight. Thank you for joining us. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, feedbacks, feel free to drop it in the comment section and then we'll get back to it as soon as we can. Thank you.